This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. Yes, thanks so much for tuning into this conversation with guitarist extraordinaire, Miles Dimitri Baker. Miles used to be in Rings of Saturn, and I had a conversation about the album that he released with his former bandmate, Lucas Mann. Ultuola is the name of that album back in 2017. So it was great to finally catch up with Miles and see what he was doing post Rings of Saturn, which is with Interloper and the catalyst for this conversation. The debut album from the group is out right now. It's called Search Party. We talk about the album in this chat. Of course we would. Rings of Saturn, Lucas Mann, and a few other topics thrown in as well. As you can expect, or long-time listeners to the show will know that I don't conduct interviews. I have conversations, and here's another great example of it with Miles Dimitri Baker, formerly of Rings of Saturn, now his new group, Interloper. Hey, mate. Hey, what's going on, man? Mate, I tell you what, I've just been stood up by Adrian Erlanson, who was the drummer in Cradle of Filth and the current drummer in uh, At The Gates and The Haunted for the second day in a row. But that's all good. I'll get the chat to you. Oh, <laughs> uh, you, you guys you didn't, you didn't line up? Well, a, a bit like me, I don't know what the hell has been going on. Just it's not. Um, so with you, I apologize in advance about the fuck up there with the uh, the timing. It was just I was using a world clock that just wasn't right. Clearly wasn't aligning our time zones. But with Adrian, I don't know what it is. It's just uh, one of those things where he wasn't able to make the uh, the chat yesterday. And mm unable to make the chat today but the problem is it's like it was 4 30 a.m for me <laughs> so oh, I, oh, shit. You know, yeah that sucks that's so insane yeah, I know. It's, look, honestly, I, I'm not saying I'm used to it, but I'm pretty resilient with these things, and I've become a bit of a cradle of filth. And I hope I can bestow this title on myself, subject matter expert, from the perspective that I've interviewed. At, at this point in time, it's approaching ten band members, um, past and present. And uh, there's what? a Miles. There is a hell of a story there, I can tell you. And I'm trying to write a book about it, but I need to get some of the ex members on board. Yeah, I'm sure, dude. And I mean, when there's, I don't know exactly what story you're talking about when there's, but when there's that many numbers, it's like, there's usually something. <laughs> yeah, and believe me, and, and some of them have been prepared to go, some of them have even had the chat with me, and they've been prepared to go on record, and others have said, right, you seem like a decent enough chap, so I'm going to tell you what really happened in the band but you are not allowed to share this. And I will never break the trust, the, the covenant of trust between myself and an interview subject, I can tell you. Or a conversation yeah. person I'm having a chat with. I'm just not that guy, right? I'm, you know, I'm not, a, I fucking hate metal injection and all of that crap, you know, because you, you've you been through it. I know you've been through it, mate. Yeah, I've had, I've had some, some metal injection articles for sure. But I mean, it was, it wasn't really because of like me, you know, it was just like association. Oh, I, I know, but you, you, yeah, tarnished by association, if you like. And uh, yeah. I, I, I had a chat to Lucas about two years ago about everything that was happening. And um, it was interesting getting his insight, but he was one of the ones that actually approved the episode to be released as a podcast on the, my podcast. So I think he dived deeper in the chat with me than he did with anybody else. And I think it was the first round of interviews that he'd done 
since he effectively decided to get back into the public domain. So it's yeah, like, yeah, he uh, he managed for a while. Yeah, are you guys still mates? Are you guys still chatting? Uh, I mean, not so much. We don't like you know, hate each other or anything. Just don't like having, don't have anything to talk to talk about. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like that. No, look, I, I absolutely know we're here to talk about your extraordinary album here, Search Party. But, uh, you know, the thing that I noticed about um, Lucas and Rings of Saturn recently, and you probably saw it too, was that Nuclear Blast dropped them. And yeah. the reasons were extremely, uh, they're controversial to say the bloody least, but I noticed not many news articles, news sites, blabbermouth or what have you picked it up. I couldn't believe that. It was sent to me in advance. He, he heads up, here it, here it comes. And I thought, oh, my God, this is going to drop like a bomb. Hardly anybody picked it up. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe people are tired of it. I don't know. It's not really how it works, but I think maybe it's just like fucking again. You know, like another thing, you know, people are just like over it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, these things... As you well know, the music industry is one of the most dynamic industries you can be a part of. It's ever evolving and changing. And musicians, as you well know, too, are pains in the goddamn ass. People yeah. are in general, but it's especially yeah. magnified when you're a musician. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You can get away with a lot more. You know, you can you can be kind of insane, and it's like oh, whatever. Hmm. But it's not like really how it works in like real life. You know. No, indeed, mate. Yeah. So look, I, I've got to say, you know, congratulations. First up on finding other musicians on that note to collaborate and create, create another outfit after what, what I, I feel was the extraordinary success musically and critically speaking of all to Waller. And I know you had a heavy hand in that album's conception and, and the creation yeah. of that album, yeah. you know, yeah, so look, I do take it that interloper is you rebounding from leaving rings of Saturn and uh, it's, it's your first foray, if you like, into doing your own thing since then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Loper had been in some capacity around long before I joined Rings. Okay. But we just got busy with other things. We didn't have like a full band either, you know? We didn't have a full lineup. So it was just kind of like a, a, a pending thing. You know, I was like, oh, we'll put out like some tech death singles and just like instrumental stuff. And then we'd get busy with other bands touring and stuff. And it just kind of sat on the back burner. And then after the whole Rings ship sailed, it was like, okay, well, it's probably time to do this. And prior to that, um, we had gotten Andrew on board and, you know, we started kind of like writing actual like songs, you know, that weren't just like instrumental things. It was like a, you know, becoming like a band. And so that was kind of how that started, you know, and then once, once the ring ship was over, it was like, well, this is the uh, obvious next step. And it's our, it's like our own thing, you know, it's mm. not like someone else's band. Yeah. So, you feel like as though you've got more control and ownership of this one from the sounds of things. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, like matter of fact, yeah. You know, it's like, it definitely is that way. And that's good. You know, it's like, it's weird being in someone else's band where you, you know, are like an outsider almost, unless that's like how it is from the get go, you know, like that's fine. You know, plenty of people hire on like, oh yeah, I'm in this band, but like it's not my band, but that's like how it is presented from the get go, you know? So it's not so weird, but yeah, it's nice. And just, you know, being able to make sure things get done right and, you know, trying to keep everyone happy in the group and, you know, getting everyone's input, you know, it's just, it like, it's a functioning, um, it's a functioning like group of people, you know? And I think that's a big yeah. thing. Cause you need, sometimes, you know, you need to be like, Hey dude, like pull together, you know, or what do you think about this? You're just bouncing ideas. And then, you know, over, over a conversation, you end up like, wow, I wish, um, they're not, I wish, but like, I'm glad we talked about this because these ideas came 
came up and that's how we like move forward you know most of that stuff is um behind the scenes so to speak you know it's like internal stuff or like strat- strategy basically you know it's like how you release yeah. stuff what videos we could do things like that that's stuff where it's nice to put your heads together how did the relationship so that's probably a better question is you obviously continued your relationship in some way with nuclear blast so that's how you're able to release the album through them again yeah yeah absolutely we um kept you know we worked with them for a while we did a lot of the press for that old two record like most of the press actually and so we had a relationship and you know it was just like the record did well we, we knew them and you know we're in communication in some way shape or form off and on throughout the entire time that race was with that label and so when we weren't there anymore and we had a new band you know it wasn't like they were signing on like a group of noobs who they don't know how they work or like what they can do or anything like that you know so that's good and i thought there's anything wrong with that i mean everyone starts there at some point but we already had you know like a rapport so to speak like they knew that they could they could trust us to like get get something done you know it wasn't just like oh maybe so. Yeah, I think that's the key, isn't it? Because Nuclear Blast is, is probably, in my opinion, the preeminent metal label around in 2021. Certainly got some of the greatest bands, metal bands of all time on the label at the moment. And, of course, they just simply don't sign shit. Certainly from the perspective that there's quality there. It's just whether or not you're tuned in as a fan to what the bands are doing on the label. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are a lot of bands of a lot of different styles, which is cool. You know, I think that's a good thing. And that's a lot to operate and keep track of and they seem to do a pretty good job of it so i like them yeah well i think i think they would have probably picked up search party anyway even if you didn't have that relationship because uh look at it it's high quality but the first characteristic that hit me was how proggy it was so i mean i I, we had a chat about three or four years ago for all whenever that was released and Hmm. uh which is just a tech death masterpiece in many ways but uh this being proggy this shows another side of you. So did you write most of the material? Um, Andrew actually ended up doing a bit more than me on this one, um, which was which was cool. And, you know, like partially like when we started writing, um, I was kind of was kind of going through things and was absent for a bit of it. But um, definitely, you know, a lot of it was collaborative, even if like, you know, for example, like I brought a tune to the table, you know, ever it's like, hey guys, here you go. Like, what, what, what do you want to do? You know, and that's kind of how the process works with everything. Even if it's like, say like Pathkeeper, for example, that was one like Andrew and I sat down and wrote together. You know, was, I went over to his house and like, you know, we started on it. And then like the next day, we pretty much had it. Maybe listened to it a couple of times. And I was like, yeah, you know, maybe change these few things and it's done. And then tunes like saying, um, wishing well was like primarily like one of mine you know and then we went through like revisions and same thing like search party was like an andrew tune for example and that one i remember was like a huge like battle you know it was like bell of everyone um aaron and andrew were like at odds with that one for a while so it just it, it depends on the tune you know it ends up being collaborative for the most part but generally like the ideas come from one or another and then you know occasionally both but long long story short i think i think andrew had another like tune tune and a half me on this one you know and okay. that was, yeah that was just how uh this is how it went with like where i was i think next record's gonna be a bit different but you know just like really work together and i think we're like all in a better place now as a group to you know build a function and do that so it's just i was life. gonna say that with the fact that you haven't written as much as what andrew has it means that the next album sounds like it could be a miles tour de force given the tunes that you have within you that are yet to be released yeah, but I mean, it all sound like 
it all sound very cohesive you know this record it was pretty cohesive too i mean the songs are all different it's not just like the same type of song over and over again which is great and like i don't want to i don't want to put out a record that's like that you know where it's like the same song over and over again whether it's like structurally or like how it feels you know like tunes say um like i'm trying to think of some like the darker ones say like cheshire or maybe um like down to fall versus maybe like wishing well or like drift you know like those are like they're different songs or like dude drift and search party like right there that's a great example night and day and i think that's good but it sounds like the same band and so i think it'll end up being a situation like that again because we've pretty much honed in like what we want to do you know what we want to sound like things we like things we don't like and um we've already started writing you know for the next record we already have the better part of like seven songs awesome yeah, there's, there's already like a lot of It's exciting. Yeah, it's like we're already excited about the next record, and this one just came out like less than a week ago. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep the train rolling, though, haven't you? There's sort of like a 12 month to 18 month release window afterwards in order for, in this day and age, I'm talking about, unless you're yeah. tall or some band like that. Yeah, and I, I would like to do singles in between, you know, like in between records, or maybe those singles end up being on the next record. I don't know. Yes. I mean, that even gets into like strategy stuff. Like, you know, how does this, how does this work? Cause I know like Gojira, for example, when they put out, um, what was that song called? Another world. Mm-hmm. That was like totally standalone. I don't think that was mentioned that that was going to be on the record or anything. So it was just like, <clears throat> you know, here's a single to like hold you over. And then it's like, Oh shit, that ends up being on the record. And that's kind of cool. And there's definitely more to it than just like releasing music. There's, there's like strategy involved with that. And I think that's something that's interesting that bands should pay attention to. You know, there's a reason bands and like artists specifically say like, you know, rap artists, it's all singles, you know, and then, and then a record at the end of it. There's, I think there's a, a bigger reason for that. Def cool. Heaven, to your exact point, Def Heaven did something similar in 2014 when they released From the Kettle to the Coil, which is extremely heavy for them. It was more like a Slayer song or something like that in terms of what, what they normally do, that black shoegaze thing that they do. And oh. I thought I thought for all money it signaled a, a like a change in direction to more mm. heavier material. And then they released, I can't remember the name there, the extraordinary album they released in uh, 2014. So they released, might have been 13, they released from the kettle to the coil. Then it was 14, it was the album or 15, you know, wherever it was, it was the follow-up after that. But it was different. It sort of threw me off a little bit that they did that. But I think what you're able to do then is you attract people's attention with standalone singles that have nothing to do with any album. And it's like, what the hell is going on here? And it yeah. it builds people's curiosity. Yeah, indeed. I mean, people don't want to wait like a year and a half, two years for a record. It's like, it doesn't work that way. And like, you know, for example, like streaming numbers, like first week stuff, I'm imagining this is something I've been thinking about is like, you know, when you put a single out, say like Gojira, like another world, you know, granted, they're like a big enough band. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. So I don't know if I can swear on this. Sorry. Um, it doesn't matter. For no, them. you can swear. Go for it. It's no drugs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it doesn't matter for them because they're a big enough band. You know, they're going to put a record out. People are going to buy it and, you know, go see their shows. It doesn't matter. But for other bands who are like struggling for like, you know, first week sales and, you know, granted, that seems to be less and less of a thing. You know, there's some big bands that I know of, um, for example, who only sold like a couple thousand copies first week, which is like crazy low. But like that doesn't like that didn't stop them from doing anything they were doing and continuing to grow. So I think that's becoming like, you know, a thing of the past. But point being for, you know, those singles that go out, I'm assuming that counts towards like 
the first week, you know, so they put a single out six months in advance and then another one. And then it's like, Oh, those end up being on the record. Boom. First week, you know, you're already like at a million streams, you know, or like copies sold, whatever the equivalent, like turnover of like streams to like a CD sale is. So that's interesting stuff to think about. I mean, it's not really exciting. Like no one really, no one really cares about that aside from anyone who's like involved, like in, in the business, mm-hmm. you know, like fans don't give a shit, you know, and why would they, like, they shouldn't, they shouldn't care about that. You know, they should just care about the music. That's what's important. So yeah. but that's interesting stuff to think about. You know, there's so much more to it than just, you know, your music. You know, there's a lot of, you can have the greatest music and like go about releasing it in like a horrific way. And it's like, it doesn't matter. It's weird. Yeah. And it's weird. It's, also- it's like sad is what it is. It's sad that that's how it works. You know, it's not based on like sheer quality anymore. But that's okay. You know. Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. But I think the advantage for a band like yourself and a musician like you is that there's been a flattening of the music industry. I think Cannibal Corpse, their most recent album, because I just spoke to Eric Rutan. Right. That I think that's their highest debut ever. Debut five or six on the bloody main the main charts there in the US. So that's awesome. Know. That's so cool to see that, man. That is yeah. so cool to see stuff like that happening. You know, and the top 10 or 20 or whatever you know top 200 is just like you know it's like what you'd expect to be on that like pop pop country you know rock bands it's cool to see these like heavy bands like you know breaking through that like making their way to the front of the line it's awesome you know and that's something that i think you know a lot of people say oh you know metal's dead and this and that it's like really is it like have you seen these bands that play arenas like what the fuck are you talking about metal is not like dead you know it's like an underground thing but people really like underestimate the size of these bands, you know, like their career bands, you know, these dudes aren't going to fucking work again, you know, like they're not going to go be a cashier somewhere, you know, like they, they have a career. Exactly. And there's so many bands that even you haven't like heard of, you know, I have uh, friends of mine in the band just released a record and it's like currently like above Metallica and granted that Metallica records like, you know, 30 years old, but still Metallica, you know, and they're like, you know, above them. It's like, that totally happens. It's not unheard of, but that's not what you'll be seeing on like, you know, TMZ or like whatever, you know, whatever like yeah. music source you pay attention to. So it's cool. It's like yeah, the, underdog, you know, the underdogs are doing it. It's cool. The enduring success of Metallica's Black Album. I don't yeah. know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing for metal, to be honest with you, because that just seems to be in the top 10 constantly. It's It's like Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, or dear. I mean, I think about like the Beatles or something, you know, they have songs from like 40 years ago that are still it's like they're just like cemented there. It's just always gonna be huge. I think that's cool. And I think you know, there aren't too many bands that are like that where it's like these these groups that put out a record or like a song that is just like unreasonably fucking popular, you know, it just like will never go away. That's cool, you know, and that's really I think that's something that should be like appreciated, you know, whether there's like external forces like you know you know, big companies like pushing that kind of thing for that to stay there or it's just them, you know, that's something that everyone should look at, I think, and be like, man, that's really cool. Like maybe that could be us one day, you know, maybe not, probably not, but just the goal knowing that that exists, I think is something that's exciting. It's like, that's attainable. You know, people have done that. Mm. Indeed. So so just going back to Search Party then, was was there a concept or a theme that you wanted to address throughout the album? Um. I mean, most of the songs, it wasn't like a pre-planned thing, you know, where it was like, this is what we're going to write this album about. You know, it wasn't one of those types of situations. But um, the overarching theme is, you know, just like being being a human, you know, human emotion, things you experience, you know, living life, you know, happiness, sadness, loss, you know, grief, 
stuff like that. And so that's, you know, pretty much the, the theme that ties in all the songs, but um, I wouldn't say there was a, a pre-planned thing, you know, they ended up being about that. And after the fact, you know, a lot of it, like title search party, that was from a song, you know, that was a song name and that song name, you know, did after, you know, we had this collection of tunes, it was like, this is pretty representative of, you know, what we went through. We went through member changes. We went through, you know, trying to write styles of music that were like, okay, this is going to be cool. We want to do this. And we're writing, you know, like doing things that we're really into. And then it ends up like, oh, it's all, you know, it's like, let's go back to like doing what we're like really good at and enjoy. And so it was, you know, loosely a search party, you know, to figure out everything we needed to do to get to where we're at and be happy with this product. And as far as like the album art goes, with like the girl on the cover, that's, um, that song is about a woman, you know, and I mean, you can think about it with like anyone, you know, everyone's kind of been through this or known someone like this where they, um, are basically their actions are destroying everything around them. They're like trying to have a way to fix their issues and they're searching towards, you know, in this case, the end of the earth to fix them. And they cannot because they've left just like a wake of destruction in their path with whether it's like friendships or their life or like, you know, where they live, whatever. So that's, that's like the main theme you would picture from this by looking at the cover, you know, maybe reading the lyrics to that, but the rest of the songs do definitely pertain to the human condition, so to speak. The human condition, yes. Yeah, the so human condition of, of happiness, <laughs> yeah, of being happy, being sad, being, you know, extremely happy, being even more sad, you know. And just like different things you touch on in that, whether it's like relationship stuff too, there's some stuff in this record about that, you know, not even just like a boyfriend, girlfriend type thing, you know, but just like relational, you know, between anyone. Yeah, anyone. Yeah, I get it. I think that's yeah. cool. And that's something that's relatable, man. You know, it's not this like huge abstract thought where you need to be you know high on fucking acid to like figure it out you know it's like that's not that we don't want to do that we want it to be you know something everyone can relate with and be happy you know or like understand and feel a connection to these songs you know because if you write something that's too abstract and people can't connect to it it's kind of weird you know and i've never been into that personally as well so i get it yeah it's interesting you touch on the human condition though because it's 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 the one thing no matter who you are on the planet where you come from religious cultural ethnic boundaries it crosses over everything insofar as we're all affected by it yep. in, in our relationship with us our relationship with other people and how other people relate to us and indeed how we manage the challenges in our lives yeah that's exactly it man and that's that's what a lot of these songs touch on dude it's all stuff that you um as as a relatively like normal functioning person um will eventually go through you know you're always going to have to deal with the situation um that this record does touch on yeah are you but, religious in any way no not really mm -mm. spiritual in any way again um it, mildly yeah not like not heavily but i definitely um there have been there've been things that have happened in my life where it's like, hmm, you know, this might be, this might be a little bit more than a coincidence and that's happened, you know, um, enough times to consider you know, something else, but I don't really uh, spend a whole lot of time thinking about it. It's not something I occupy my, you know, mental energy with because I, I don't know, I'm not, not going to find an answer. Yeah, it's, <laughs> point, it's pointless. Yeah. I'm with you, mate. Yeah, right, it's pointless I yeah, because yeah, I we're not know. meant to hear the question, just experience life as it comes to us. Yeah, yeah. And being I think being like open to that and thinking about it is good. I think being like super closed off to it is strange, but that's also, you know, very reasonable because it's a um living life matter of fact, you know, is good because you're always gonna weigh out your options. Like 
this is this way or this is not, you know, and you don't have any sort of, I think some people can get clouded with that kind of stuff, you know, whether it's religion or, you know, being spiritual, their judgment in situations isn't them, you know, they're not making the call. They're letting something else make the call for them. And I don't think that's necessarily the best. I mean, it can be fine, but I've definitely seen situations or been around people where they do that. And it's like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure that's what you should do? This doesn't really seem right, you know? And they're just like letting something else take the wheel of their life. And it's kind of weird. How do you, I've asked this question a lot, by the way, but how do you put up with people on the road? What are the coping mechanisms you've got? Put up with people like uh, like my bandmates or other people on the tour or just like... Basically anybody you've got to stay in a band with. It can be other bands, road oh, okay. crew, fellow bandmates. I mean, do, do you have like coping strategies like retreating into your Kindle or your books or something like that to sort of just keep yourself calm and centred in those moments? Um. Well, it depends where, where we're playing. That's a big thing because if we're in some like middle of nowhere spot and there's like nothing to do, then you're just kind of stuck. So maybe I like play guitar, or, like get my phone, maybe like try to watch a movie or, you know, if someone's got like a game console, like play video games or something. Mm. Um, but something I do to kind of get away and have space is I like to like go walk, yeah, not for exit. I don't walk to be like, look at me being healthy. Like I'll go walk like to get somewhere. Um, say like in Europe, you know, like we're a mile from the like city center. Like I'll, I'll just go you know, get my stuff into the venue, get my bags, you know, organized, just like get all my shit in one spot. And then I will take off and go walk around, you know, look at the city. And um, generally I end up doing it by myself and not because I want to like be by myself. I'm like, Oh, I need the space. That's just like, I enjoy that. And I'm like, okay, no one's coming with me. I'm going to still go either way. And I do that. But generally there's not really like anything bad that happens. It's not like, God, I can't, you know, be around these guys today. You know, I've been in situations like that, but that's pretty uncommon. So when that's happening, that's kind of like an extraordinary circumstance. But if you are, I mean, anytime you're around someone constantly, you know, or a group of dudes, you do need space because people do kind of get on each other's nerves, but I don't have a, there's no big coping mechanism, you know, I don't have like a big problem with it, you know? So I guess not, not so much, but just small things, you know, keep time to yourself, make phone calls to friends. Just, uh, mm. stay, stay in touch with other people and or yourself yeah, yeah i would say that's probably the best way to describe it you come across anything interesting or unusual in your walks outside of the uh you know if you're in rome you know you're seeing some interesting landmarks like uh, the vatican or something like that have, have you have you seen like people have recognized you that sort of thing happen um yeah i've had people recognize me definitely that's been something that's happened and that's always cool you know actually yeah. that yesterday i was out at the dinner um afternoon dinner i guess getting drinks and stuff but one of the like the bus boys you know the dudes like clean the tables and shit came up and he's like dude i love hit or low brands like how cool you know that's all it was a youtube but that was cool and that, that does happen but i've seen just like a lot of really beautiful places you know especially like in europe you know because living in america there's a lot of really cool stuff here you know but we don't have like 900 year old buildings <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know this is not here i mean there's there's like cave stuff like indigenous people are like you know like native american stuff that's older but you know looking in walking around in europe you know you're looking at these like monumental cathedrals that are you know like 300 feet tall and they're built like a thousand years ago it's like this is crazy you know it's like how do they do this <laughs> it's like it's insane and so i really like that but as far as anything like really strange Dude, you know, I'm, I'm sure I have. I just don't remember. I, I know I've seen weird things. Just been like, what the fuck is going on here? You know, like interactions. <laughs> probably like homeless people fighting or something. It was like weird stuff like that. Um, 
but nothing sticks out off the top of my head. It's usually like the architecture, like the, the feel of the city, you know, different cities feel different ways um, outside of like the people there. You know, it's not just like these people here are making you feel this way. It's, you know, the architecture, just the, the layout, you know, it gives you a feeling. It's cool. Mm. Hey, just talking about the your, your guitar playing specifically, because you do have an extraordinary command of the instrument. So on Search Party, were there any new techniques or styles that you deployed that were, you, were you, well, effectively your first foray into doing something like that and putting it on record? Um, I think like the soloing in places was something that I, you know, expanded on, did things that were a little bit different. Like in, in Moonlight, I have two solos in that song. And those are things that were outside of like my realm of something I would normally do you know, prior to this record. And so it wasn't like a new technique. It was, um, it was a new like approach, you know, more so mm. that was stuff I, I realized more. I don't think there were any like techniques on the record that were like, wow, I've never done this before. You know, that I can think of it's, it's been so long, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't feel new for me anymore if there are, but it was mostly just like writing, you know, compositional stuff or like phrasing. Um, Sorry, my camera will come oh, it's, back. It's okay. Yeah. 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 It was like compositional stuff or like approaches to like, yeah, like voicings, just stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't listened to it enough yet to make broad comparisons between it and Altawala, except that the quality's there. I know that because the songwriting is excellent and the execution of your solos is, is absolutely on point again. So are you are you still providing lessons? Are you still doing the lessons? Because as I say, we spoke four, about four years ago and you were doing a lot of lessons back then. Yeah. Yeah. I still teach, man. I do. It's been, it's been slow right now. I haven't really been posting a whole lot of guitar con content or like making videos because yeah, I got yeah. really, like the later part, like mid last year, I think was when it happened. I just got, I just got fucking burnt out, dude. I was like, I'm so tired of like making videos and doing this stuff. And you know, I hadn't even like crying. I mean, I guess I've been making videos for a while, you know, like in many years, but like the production type videos where I have like, multi angles, I got the backdrop, got the you know DSLR, I'm gonna edit like a whole thing. It's not just like put my phone up and take a video. And so I got burnt on that and just kind of took the fun out of it, which, you know, in turn, you know, I'm not putting out guitar videos, less people are taking lessons. And that happened around the time where we like tracked the record and did all of that. So you know, it kind of kind of got busy. And then we had a little bit of a break where that was done and you know, I was posting a little bit more and it picked back up. But then come this, you know, cycle for the album, we've got a bunch of other stuff going on, just like behind the scenes stuff, man. And, like recently, like merch orders, just like, doing all these different things like to get an album out you know and i'm like i don't want to play guitar i'm just like good you know it's not like i, I just like it i'm like i'm really excited to play it just um you know i don't like to go 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 it makes me not have fun you know with guitar so if i'm like forcing myself to do it not so much but now that this album's out i'm playing i'm making a bunch more content i've had a nice break i'm sure i'll be teaching more because that's um that's usually how it goes <laughs> yeah, no, I'm yeah it's crazy, crazy how that works right you, know, you post videos about lessons and people take them and you don't post videos and no one's taking lessons <laughs> i'm with you I've, one of the key reasons i wanted this to be a video is because of i'm about half a dozen episodes into the youtube content that i've been posting I, mm -hmm. i've been doing the podcast for uh, about four years at this point oh and awesome. uh and I, look one thing i can tell you is that the uh Look, the podcast has been a success, obviously, so if I'm still doing it. But yeah. YouTube, you get like, I don't know, a thousand views in three days. And for me, as a basic nobody, you know, I mean, you're the star in these interactions for the musician is. I, I think 
Wow. Okay. So I can't ignore video. It's just the thing that yeah. people seem to want to tune into. And if you're not doing video, you're effectively not competing. Yeah. Well, I do, you know, like even like looking at you right now, we're not seeing face to face, but you know, as close as we can, you know, <laughs> on the internet, um, there's, there's more to it than that. There's emotion and you get to see someone's face in there, you know, gestures and, you know, like when they laugh, you know, there's a human element to it that isn't quite there when it's just a voice, which granted like podcasts that are just audio only can be great, you know, it's nice. And it almost makes your brain like create, what you want to see from these people, you know, which is kind of cool. Mm. But seeing this, it's a lot more like it's personal, you know. I think that's I think that's something that video definitely offers that audio only does not. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Hey, just about the album again. What was it like yeah. working with? And I might mispronounce the surname here, but Joey Virueta. Yeah, yeah, Joey. So Joey's Andrew's brother, actually. And oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. It wasn't coincidence <laughs> that they both had the same last name. It's definitely brother. And we've been having Joey like mix tunes of ours forever. And Andrew and Joey grew up playing music together. Joey's an amazing songwriter and singer and a good guitar player, too. It's just like the whole family, like all, all the kids are just like great. Sisters are good singers. They all just like play music and they're good at it. <laughs> And so Joey's really been good at production um, and we had done stuff with him off and on and it just started getting like better and better. Not that it was ever not great to begin with, but it just started like really getting good. And we're like, oh man, like we should maybe have him do our record. And we got a couple mixes from him, you know, right before we had tracked like the finals and it was like, yeah, it's bullet turn. Let's have Joey do it. And he offers a lot of insight and has ideas and, you know, things like I don't personally think about because I don't do like, you know, I'm not like an engineer, you know, I don't, I don't mix, you know, to that, to that level of like, you know, pro quality, like let's release this record and let people listen to it on any device and it's going to sound okay. Mm-hmm. So he has a lot of insight to things that are going to work better and do that even like writing you know arrangement ideas or like what if you tried this you know so it was really good working with him and i i like him a lot and i would definitely be down to you know probably do something with him again in the future oh we could i think we all would yeah yeah well look congratulations on what search party sounds like um i'll wrap things up but before we do is is there any questions that i haven't asked that that are any points that you want to address before we do wrap up um just the companies we work with, you know, like Schechter, Elixir, Seymour Duncan, Hosa, you know, they provide, and on Andrew's end, and Aaron's, you know, you got Legator, Fishman, Tama, Minel, Big Firth, Remo, you know, those companies provide us with all the things that we need to, like, make this happen, <laughs> you know, and not spend, you know, a ton of money doing it, because it, it would be expensive, you know, and we're really lucky to have people who have our back like that, and so that, that's a big thing I always like to mention, you know, and, uh, Another thing would be like all the merch and pre-orders, and you know, thanks to all the fans who yep. bought this record, you know, before it even came out, you know, and like merch bundles. I mean, there were a lot of merch sales, and it was it was not what was anticipated. You know, I didn't expect people to nice. do it that much. It was like, yeah. wow, you know, people really care. And so I hope people enjoy the record that now that it's out and they can hear it in its entirety. And I hope we didn't uh, let anyone down. You know, I don't think we did. I'm really proud of this record. I think it's great. So mm-hmm. Those are a couple of key things I always like to mention, you know, that caught me off guard, especially now that the record's out, you know, seeing like everything leading up to that. Was, wow, the merch sales are crazy. And now that we surpassed, like we passed that point where it came out, it's just like, I can't believe that happened. You know, <laughs> it's so cool. Mm. But that's about it. I don't think there's anything else to really touch on with the record, you know, 
It's out well, now. The, it is out now. People can have a listen to it. Uh, you know, to your point about the the merch game is on point. But there is one final point that I'd like to make, which is that I'd love to see you guys tour with Wes Hawk and the guys at Alluvial. That'd be an awesome package. I've definitely thought about that. You know, that's I talked to Wes. I, I mean, not about a tour, but we we talk off and on, and he's a buddy. And I mean, that would be cool if that was something that happened. You know, we're on the same label. We know all the same people. We like each other's playing. I think that guy's a monster guitar player. That guy's just nuts. That guy's so good. It's like crazy. <laughs> you know, so that'd be cool. And the new record's amazing, man. I listened to it on a drive uh, a couple of weeks ago. Not a couple of weeks ago. Maybe like a week and a half ago. Like right when it came out. Yeah. And front to back, it was just like wow. This is really good. And it's playing on it's just monstrous, dude. Guitar solos and like the mix in it, for example, something that I love and it's just like a power move is having your guitar solos just like cranked in the mix. It's like everyone's gonna hear every single note in this, nothing's hidden. And he's playing like ridiculous stuff on top of that. So it's mm. cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're blessed at the moment to have guitarists such as yourself and Wes, mate. Long may you continue to do what you're doing and the uh, the other thing, mate. Whenever this COVID bullshit is over, and fingers crossed that is soon, love to yep. see you guys down here. Me too, man. I mean, things. I don't know how it is where you're at, but where we're at, for example, like Southern California, and I guess California as a whole, like you don't have to wear masks anymore. That's gone. I mean, I think people are like who work are still going to have to wear one. Um, in mostly in fear of their company being canceled for not having yeah. their employees wear one. I think that's yeah. a big factor. So anyone who's working anywhere is probably doomed. But anyone else everywhere, you don't have to wear one. The cases are, you know, down and it's like, you know, becoming like a totally like reasonable thing now. It's like, yeah, people, people still get the black plague. Like it fucking happens. You know, like I think it's yeah. like 80, 88 or like, it's like 88 was a number I saw that might be like a cat thing that happened. There was somewhere in the United States where there's like a bunch of cats had the plague and they were like carrying the virus down. Jesus. Yeah. But yeah, I know. Yeah. And then, um, I, th- I think the number is like 200 people a year, like in the United States, like still get that. And that happens. So hopefully this will just turn into one of those things where it's, you know, it's like the flu. People get the flu all the time. You know? I agree. Just, yeah. Yeah. It just, I- just fucking happens. I don't know. <laughs> He's going to do it. You can't be scared forever. You know, and people need to go back to being normal. So hopefully, you know, like you said, we can go back out and tour. And I think if these tours that are booked right now for like the near future, you know, like July, August, September, if those happen, I think it's going to be like full on, dude. It's just going to be yeah. like everyone's on tour. It's going to be so cool. And the agents are still scared to like book stuff. You know, like the <laughs> agents, are, agents have like rescheduled tours like three times. They're like, fuck it, I'm waiting. And so yeah. I think once that happens, green light, man. So well, hopefully we'll get out your way. Well, good luck with it, man. Uh, congratulations on the album again. And uh, look, I appreciate the chat, man. It's been a pleasure the second time around. You probably, I would never expect you to remember the first one, given how much press you do. But yeah, I enjoyed the first chat. And I've got to say, the second chat was even better. So thanks very much, brother. That's very kind of you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. When when this whole thing goes up, just um, like send, send me a message, or like email me and I'll be sure to share it. Oh, up. for sure. I, yeah, we'll yeah I've had a bunch of people. I've done like a bunch of press and I'd be like, yeah, man, when it goes up, just let me know. I don't fucking see anything. And like the album's out. I haven't seen anything. Where do you find this? You know, because I want to share it because it's cool. It's about our album. And, you know, this is this is cool stuff. I always liked watching this kind of stuff with people. I grew up listening yeah. to you know, bands I liked. I was like, man, I want to see this. So 
No, I jump on things because I, uh, I I try to get within sort of 48, uh, 72 hours, I try to get things out. So I'm, I'm talking to Kai Hansen from, from Halloween tonight. He's the fourth oh, cool. member in Halloween that I'm talking to. So, mate, I, I do so much of this stuff, like five or six of them in a week, seven or eight sometimes, that if wow. I don't get on top of it very quickly, it honestly it blows out to like sometimes a month. So I know that with me, with raising kids and professional commitments and running a household and all of that sort of stuff, that if I don't get on top of it, very quickly like probably today um <laughs> it, it will take it, it just another one sort of goes in and then it's like boom 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 and yeah uh, man. that's absolutely yeah. how it works dude same thing like shooting videos and stuff on my end man if i like shoot something and like i'll edit it later it's just like a week yeah, later it doesn't happen yeah, yeah and then i just don't want to do it anymore it's like it's just like stacking on your shoulders and you just like feel this like looming like debt that you have to like your work <laughs> you know you're like yeah, oh, it's horrible, but that's awesome, man. Just let me know what's up. Will do, brother. I'll send you an email for sure. Rest all right. assured. All right. Sounds great, man. Are we all good? Thanks very much, mate. Appreciate it. I love the chat. Thanks so much again. Same here, man. Should I hang up or are you talking after this? Some people. Oh, like no, it's all right. I'll end it now. So all good. Done. <laughs> okay, man. Take care. Thanks, brother. Catch ya. Well, there you have it. The conversation featuring Miles Dimitri Baker formerly of Rings of Saturn. Nowadays, he's in Interloper. Hope you enjoyed that one. Because if you did, there are plenty more just like it over at scarsandguitars.com. Look up the Wooshka widget. Over 550 interviews with the stars of rock, heavy metal, extreme metal, punk rock, and beyond. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast series. Thanks for tuning in.